Welcome back. It's Taxi Swap Podcast. We're officially back this week. Took us forever, but we're fucking here. <laughs> Vince, how you doing? Dude, I'm doing great. Uh, it was supposed to be up yesterday, but, you know, we're going to record this today and post it today. So it is going to be so timely. Everybody is going to love it. I'm sure of it. So fresh and so clean. And forgive us, we had some personal technical difficulties and we're going to figure this out and we swear so never better late than never and you know i'm late is two words you never want to hear from your girlfriend so you know this (laughs) has been there (laughs) praying to the jesus um by the way in case anybody's wondering yes as far as we know of we are kidless um now vince we are back there's been a lot of strange things happening this week with all of that being said, uh, you know, we got we got, you know, a big battle of custody or not really custody, but just two yeah. people who lost their mind of Johnny Depp and dick. Amber Heard. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think know. Johnny Depp really lost his mind. No, she no, seems like a nut, though. Oh, she seems like she'd make anybody lose her mind. I mean, anybody who would take a shit in your <laughs> in, in your, your bed, in your bed, certifiably insane. Um you know, I think like we need to, you know, pivot the pivot the sports route. So Mike Tyson punched a man in the face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vince sent this to me yesterday. He was like, listen, man, he's like, you know, I know Amber Heard shitting in a bed is real news. He's like, but Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson just punched a man in the face. Oh, yeah. So Vince, why don't you kind of set the tone here and set the story? Sure. As an intro, I would like to say that there are many people in this world that I would not like to fight. And I think one one a one on that list is Mike Tyson for sure. So I'm gonna put that out there first. Um, so Mike Tyson's on an airplane. I think it was like a JetBlue flight. He is sitting in the seat, um, and then the guy behind him is like chatting with him. Um, there's evidence of this. You can watch the video if you want. You don't actually see him punching the guy or whatever. But initially, he was cool with him. Uh, I guess Tyson gave him some shrooms or whatever. The guy that was narrating the video, or the guy that was recording it, was saying that. Um, took a selfie with the guy, all this shit. Um, the guy kept like talking to him, which is like not customary on an airplane, at least for me. Like, don't talk to me on a fucking airplane. That's always like rule number one. Yeah, headphones in, leave me the fuck alone. Exactly. The guy kept talking to him. Um, he was doing like this weird like Mike Tyson impression or some shit, like behind him, all this stuff. Basically, he's talking. This guy's like obviously kind of fucked up, I think, or something. He's at least drunk, but he's like spouting off at the mouth, like, you know like midwestern white boys fucking do when they get drunk and then the video cuts out and the next thing is like this guy looking so sad with just a gash on his face and the guy that took the video was just like yeah mike tyson just swung at my guy (laughs) so i guess tyson got off the plane this guy went to the police after he got medical intention i don't know what the legalities of this but don't fuck with mike tyson is the moral of that story huh you never fuck with mike tyson uh, even today, the, the man is still a unit. I mean, if you still watch videos of him, yeah. you know, hitting a heavy bag, it is terrifying. terrifying. This <laughs> yeah. is no one, no matter how much of the bourbon was in me, that I would dare even remotely say other than, hello, sir. Love your work. Goodbye, I mean, sir. Thank you. Is it is it too much to say that he might be the last person on earth I want to pick a fight with? I mean, between him or like Jorge Masvidal or guys or like, like that. Ngannou. Yeah, Francis Ngannou yeah. is like that too. 
Either that or, I mean, really, John Bones Jones. I mean, anybody who fights professionally, yeah. I, and I have knowledge of that. up there, though. <laughs> oh, Mike Tyson's oh, the man. mauler. Yeah. Mike Tyson was the man. Mike Tyson was a, like, I mean, he was like a street fighter, though. He wasn't a great technical boxer. He was a Got knockout that artist. In him. Yeah. yeah, he was a technical, like, technical anomaly in that sense where he didn't have to, like, be structurally that sound or that great as a boxer. He would just knock you out clean. Yeah. He's a mean uh, man. Um, Evander, Evander Holyfield uh, had his number. He knows. <laughs> he knows. The Does demise. He <laughs> I mean, Mike Tyson, though, was insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mike Tyson in his prime, so coked out, yeah. blew $350 million. Does anybody know that? Does anybody forget that, by the way? I do. Yeah, so Mike Tyson was literally almost, I mean, made a quarter of a million dollars, if not more, in his career and went broke. And then I didn't know he went broke. Oh, yeah, went broke for a, a large, a, a long time in his career. And then over the past, like, 10 years, he's uh, he made a lot of money made, recently. Yeah, yeah, made this comeback and has made his life right. But, I mean, if you watch some of these documentaries about Mike Tyson, Customato, all the, I mean, it's fascinating, really. He's a dude from Brooklyn who just got in with the right people and, and yep. started fighting. Yeah, 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 I, I saw some of that. The history of Mike Tyson is, you know, that of a guy who came up the hard way and got his shot and made the most of it. But, I mean, mm-hmm. drugs and people and entourages kind of ruined this guy towards the end of his career. Not a great time for a guy that was going to have problems with drugs to be in the spotlight because that was, shit was running rampant then. Dude, he would do interviews where you literally saw the coke on his nose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beady eyes. Um, and then and they're talking about, like, I only do interviews with women who fornicate with me, so I get that. <laughs> that was actually really well done. I wouldn't the, do that near him, though. I think you saw his. No, I would definitely. <laughs> I would definitely get knocked the fuck out, yeah. uh, which we would never do that in front of Mike. But I'm just I saying. Will, I will say, though, like, if you see videos of Mike Tyson just in public and stuff talking to people, he's a really nice guy, it seems like. So this guy really had to, like, in, at least in my head, I mean, who knows what really happened, but this guy really had to push his buttons. And I'm not going to lie, watching that video, I kind of wanted to punch the guy, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, who, like, who, he's going to get sued. There's going to be a settlement or some shit like that, but. I mean, the well that he put in that dude's skull is mm-hmm. impressive. He'll remember not to be a dickhead next Ooh. time. <laughs> When that bruises, dude, the mm-hmm. whole side of his head's going to be black and blue. Oh, he's got a heartbeat on the right side of his head right now for sure. Oh, dear God. <laughs> like, at that point, like, is it like the hangover where you're like, I just got punched in the face by Mike Tyson? Right. He has a story for the rest of his life that Mike Tyson punched him on a plane. Do you think he Only wanted to is, do it? Do you think no. like he, he wanted like, God, Dude, by the way that kid's face looked, he looked like a sad little puppy dog. I was like, damn, this kid is just got emasculated by Mike Tyson. <laughs> What's well, the principle of talk shit get hit? You know what I'm right. saying? Don't poke the bear. Don't, don't poke the bear. Don't poke that bear in particular. Right. That's what it's I'm like saying. It's like poking a, a polar bear. bear. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That hasn't eaten in a week. <laughs> well, they do say that polar bears in particular are the most dangerous to humans because yeah. they don't know what we are. So we're just in the general mm-hmm. food chain to a polar Yeah, they don't bear. see humans the way most other bears, like especially continental United States bears and yes. things like that. Yes, Coke has totally ruined the perception of polar bears for all of us. Yes. And, and yeah, I mean, as a I don't kid, think they, they were drink so Coca-Cola. Cute. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say that they don't because I don't know what their shipping is like out there, but I don't right. think polar bears drink Coca-Cola. 
I have no idea what's shipped to Antarctica. Right now, nothing's being shipped, so who fucking knows? Facts. <laughs> yeah, the bears Facts. haven't drank Coca-Cola in four months because of COVID. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> They're thinning <I'm>, out. <laughs> it's like, excuse me, Coca-Cola, are the bears still alive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are the bears doing? They don't have a sugar rush. They they don't, they don't have, are they drinking Diet Coke now? Because that's all you can get them? <laughs> <laughs> Do not give them aspartame. They don't deserve that. No aspartame for the polar bears. Uh-uh. Oh, man, this is hysterical. Well, I mean, listen, Mike Tyson punches a man in the face. Amber Hood takes a big shit in the bed. It's a hell of a week in general uh, media fun. Yeah, um, big, big news. Big news in college basketball, Mike. Okay, now that I we, we're still giving a shit about college basketball. I'm just saying All one right. of the biggest coaching retirements, certainly the biggest this year, happened the other day. Okay. Jay Vince, Wright. Jay Wright okay. retires at Villanova. Biggest coaching retirement of the year. Well, maybe he knew his time was up. <laughs> Coach Jay, dude. Um, Coach Jay. My favorite part about all of this is that he just retired instead of telling everybody that he was going to retire for the next 365 days. <laughs> that was my favorite part about the whole thing. Well, maybe some shit was about to come out on him or... I don't know. Knows? He seemed he seemed like happy to get out. He's an older man. He looks great. Um my feeling about this is like, I don't know if he's done. He might go to the NBA, I feel like, because he's been in Villanova for a while. He honestly made Villanova an incredible program for the last 10 years or so. Like, he was amazing in the 2010s. Um, so, I mean, if this is it for him, honestly, legendary career. But I don't know. Maybe the Lakers? Maybe the Lakers get a little Jay Wright action? You know, man, I wouldn't touch the Lakers right now with a 10-foot pole. I just wouldn't. Who would yeah, want to go rough. to this organization and deal I with know, the but... South bitch himself and all the nonsense that he brings and know that your success is dependent upon this crybaby who's like, it's my way or no way. And that team might a as... mess. Oh, it's a, a mess. mess. He right. might as well be the GM. They have one of the highest, highest salary cap points. You don't want to get Rob league. Lowe's twin brother out of there? Rob Polinka? Uh, Rob Lowe. <laughs> he looks hey. like him. Hey, I mean, could you could look like worse people, right? Yeah, I mean, Rob, son of a Rob Lowe, Dude. 90s Rob Lowe is like every 90s guy's like dream to look like, you know? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And since we've talked about cocaine already, <laughs> I heard a story about Rob Lowe just like rip and blow at like 16 <laughs> when he was on set and oh, shit in the 80s. Dude, the 80s were prime time for adolescent cocaine. Danger. Years. Danger. Well, think man. about it. It was so prevalent. So dangerous. <laughs> I mean, we have gone full bore this first bat episode that we're late on. I mean, oh, yeah. shit. We're talking about some stuff that's insane. I mean, Taxi I mean, Squad unhinged. Taxi <laughs> Squad unhinged. I mean, nine times out of ten, it's unhinged. But this is for sure one that we have started off on a hot note. Special I tell day. you that much. It is um, a special day. Going from basketball to Mike Tyson punching people in the face, people shitting in beds, cocaine use about Rob Lowe in the eighties. Boom. But then, Boom. But NCAA basketball, there are only two coaches now with multiple championships that are currently coaching. One is Bill Self, who just won. And then Rick Patino is still coaching at IOTA, if you don't remember that. Um, so those are the only two guys that actually have more than one championship under their belt as a coach in the NCAA. So that's pretty cool. I don't know. Because Jay Wright obviously had a couple, and he went off. And then Coach K obviously retired, too. I don't know if anybody oh, heard yeah. about that or not. Vince, Vince is uh, Vince's favorite, Coach K. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't know. I Vince's favorite is Coach K. I hate it I mean, all you, that. You can't, you can't deny it, right? You know, you got Packer sure. Mike, and you got, 
Coach K Vince. <laughs> yeah, Coach K Vince, aka Cubby Vince. Yeah, see, you're just you're throwing smear campaigns out everywhere because of this Packers thing. Speaking of the Packers, you started the smear campaign. What? Speaking of the Packers, Mike, where were you this weekend? I, not the weekend. This week, I was working. This week? I yeah, was where working. were you? I was. Mm-hmm. I. I was. I was in Appleton, Wisconsin. Okay, where else? I was in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Okay. Are you going in are you going in alphabetical order? Because you're almost there. I may have been in Green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> and then I went to Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Oh, you just passed over it. You can't And then I went that. to Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> Lots of Wisconsin. Time. What one are you talking about? Uh, I I mostly want to focus on Green Bay. <laughs> oh, do you okay. Yeah. That fucking I mean, if place. you guys follow us on Instagram, you saw the videos of him. Uh, but I got a I got a FaceTime from you as well, Shoney. It's a beautiful field, honestly. The whole area is beautiful. It's, it's no, 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 no. The whole it area looks like is it. not beautiful. The, on that within area. the air, within the the confines of the field, not the yes. neighborhoods next to it. <laughs> yes. So to give everybody a snapshot of what Green Bay is, it's an entire town's economy based off of one thing. And that one thing is Green Bay Packers football. So you are for sure living and breathing and dying Green Bay Packers football. If you live there, which I could understand. I mean, you get off the highway and you're like, this is Green Bay. And then you drive and you're like, there, there it is. And then that's it for miles. It looks like a, from what I've seen, I've never been up there, but it kind of looks like a south, like a southern Chicago suburb with just a massive fucking field in the oh, middle. Oh, it is a Midwest suburb. Yeah. It is a Midwest suburb, you know, cute little neighborhoods and stuff like that. Probably a cool place to grow up and raise a family. Sure. Um, but literally, I mean, it is Lambeau Field. I popped into downtown Green Bay. It's old. I think they have like one new apartment complex that they Why wouldn't built. wouldn't they like- do something crazy with that? The amount of money they bring in every year? Well, I think, you know, they're, they they got to pay Aaron Rodgers, so that's that's where the money goes. Can't pay for wide receivers, can't pay for bars. <laughs> just you just only play Oh, they got all the bars there. Oh, Literally. Yeah, I'm sure. It's Wisconsin, I forgot. So, <laughs> across the street is the arena that they'll do, you know, just like local acts. They got concerts. Morgan Wallen's coming there for all oh, our country kind of fans. Name. That's a very big name. He'll be there actually next week. For and Green then Bay, all all the bars outside of that, and the stadium view, and then Mike Holmgren has a bar, and oh, no shit. All, oh yeah, all these guys who were there basically have branches there now, and you know it's it's what the town lives and dies on. It's 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 Green Bay football. If I didn't hate him so much, I'd kind of like the idea. Yeah, you know, you go and it's difficult not to be like, well, this is pretty cool. I mean, it's legendary, and like I mean, the statues, it, they're beautiful. Oh, they're beautiful, curly Lambeau. And then you got, and then you got uh, Lombardi. They got get the like a John stash. Wick statue of Aaron Rodgers in a couple of years for winning one Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, yeah, no, that's that's probably true. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised there. Brett Favre doesn't have one, although that ended terribly. But at the end yeah. of the day, he still did re- retire a Packer, and he brought so much to that franchise. Um, also, won one Super Bowl, but that's okay. Uh, maybe it's a maybe it's a Green Bay thing. You know, their best quarterbacks just win one Super Bowl and bounce. Yeah, I mean, I'm waiting for that Jordan Love statue to get made, too. 
That ain't gonna happen. Hell no, nah, he's horrible. <laughs> Jordan Love is terrible. <laughs> he's bad. And they passed so much great talent to pick him. It's pretty mm-hmm. funny, actually. Yeah, first uh, round? That's wild. <laughs> shout out to uh, Ty Smith on the Pat McAfee show for his reaction of when they did draft Jordan Love, because that's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. I didn't um, watch it. Oh, that's fantastic. But Lambeau Field, they have a 50-foot atrium, and in that 50-foot atrium is a way overly sized uh Lombardi trophy. And it yeah. is fascinating to see in person. You stand at the bottom of this thing, you look up and it just like doesn't end. That's it was so skyscraper. neat. Yeah, it kind of is. It's really neat. And they got a restaurant in the stadium and they'll put on banquet events in the stadium. So like I said, the economy really does roll around this place. I mean there's And they no probably make good money, it. honestly. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, tourists like me come in, and even though I'm being a Bears fan, I gave it the business, though, Vince. I mean, if anybody doesn't follow the Instagram, I stood outside of that thing, and I said, fuck you, you know, for ruining my football team for 25 years. Uh, Do you think it's weird that that's like title town, you know, and they only have four championships? Yeah. You know, but when the NFL first started, that's when it got its same title town. Yeah. I know, but like and the they were whole, one of the first the dynasties. massive trophy. Is it just them wanting it more? I don't know. I don't know. It's some things to think about, huh? Is it spectacle? Yes. <laughs> Is it something that, you know, me being Packers Mike, I guess, has to embrace? Hey, you said it. <laughs> I said, I guess. I, I, you, you say it. Hey, you admit it. All right, cool. Don't admit shit. <laughs> How many fans do you know of the game of football stand? Like, I, I made sure the coast was clear. And I gave it the business in in words. I said it out loud. Yeah. I don't know when that day is going to come that we're going to get them, but we're going to get them. I agree. Well, let's transition to the footballs then. More this NFL. is perfect. More NFL. Vince, what's the likelihood that Debo Samuel gets traded to the Green Bay Packers? And do you think that's even a possibility with the draft no. upcoming here in the next? No, he wants days. to get he wants to get traded and signed. And if we learned anything about the Green Bay Packers this offseason, they're not going to sign. I think he wants a max because the thing is, first off, he doesn't want to be a running back wide receiver hybrid. Um, Tom Pelissero said that on Rich Eisen's show. He wants really? to be wide receiver one. Yeah, he said he's done with the whole running back wide receiver thing. He doesn't want to do it because, I mean, think of his body, man. But then like, again, you you separate yourself and you give yourself more visibility across the league being a dual threat. Yeah, but I mean that's our the the books out on that, you know. Like obviously he is a he is a good one, and I think he might actually do it if he gets a max contract. But I don't think he's trying to like sacrifice his body on a rookie deal, you know. Well, I think that's more so what it is. That's why I believe you start to see these younger guys like Debo Samuel, like AJ Brown. Kyle, I know. Well, I feel like here's what happened with the wide receiver groups this year, and and like wait till Cooper Cup's contract is up, he's gonna get the bag. But oh yeah. Wish he should. What Devontae Adams did was set the market, and then Christian Kirk getting signed for eighty-four that million dollars. That honestly started like, right. Tyreek, all those. Oh yeah, all these guys going. Well, wait, I, I, I want that. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of been the catalyst. But you look at guys like Kyler Murray. You look at guys like Debo Samuel. You look at these young pieces of talent for these offenses is basically what the offense runs around. You can also put A.J. Brown in that next to Derrick Henry. But how this all views, in my standpoint, is guys are used and abused 
know that your time in the NFL is one play away of being done. So you're trying to maximize your window of, you know, profitability right away. Yeah, it's like that um that family guy skit or whatever where it's like the NFL experience and they walk in, get signed, get smacked in the knee, and then the contract gets ripped up. Oh <laughs> like yeah. It's basically what it is. So get your money while you can, you know. It's but his I, knee. it's just he's done Debo forever. Samuel's not getting a max. Right now he's not getting a max. Well, that's not true because Do you put him in the same tier as Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill? Oh yeah. Think I mean, about it. They've Think done about it year it. after year, though. How long has Debo been doing it? That offense, two years now? I mean, still, he was drafted in the same draft class as, you know, all the like DK and all these yeah. guys. I mean, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing draft class. So, in my opinion, he's worth his weight. He's going to be productive for you. You're not going to replace him with just a guy in the draft as to what yeah. he does for you. He's like a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, but I... The thing is, is like every team's going to try to do it. That's what if he gets traded, the 49ers are going to put somebody in there to make it look like, hey, this is somebody can do this every single time. Um, I don't think I don't it's not going to work out for most teams that try to like get this running back wide receiver hybrid thing going. But like, I think he's just like, this is the time to capitalize on it and we'll see what happens. But San Francisco has zero intention of trading him in the first place. They're listening, but they're not going to they said they don't want to trade him unless it's like blow me out of the water deal. In my opinion, or here, let me let me phrase it this way. Vince, let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you believe that Debo Samuel's success is dependent upon the person running the offense, a.k.a. Shanahan? Yeah. Who's an offensive genius. So they say. Do we believe his value is then correlated to the mind of Shanahan who puts these playbooks together and can scheme against anybody, really. I mean, is it more so him? Because I don't personally believe Debo has the same production and let's say the Jets offense or well, yeah. the Chiefs <laughs> offense even. You know, Andy Reid will get creative like that too. But mm-hmm. I mean, this is the first time in a long time we've seen this type of Swiss Army knife set up where a guy can kind of do it all, line up in the backfield, line up in the slot. He's going to be good one. anywhere. Like he's going to be good anywhere. I don't. I mean, I don't think he's ever going to get production. I, I mean, dude, he was a he was a dog at South Carolina too, though. When you watched him, he was like explosive as shit. Um, so I think he's going to be at least pretty good anywhere. I think he does benefit from that system. I think he benefits from the fact that they couldn't really throw the ball down the field, so he got the ball a shit done. Like, I don't know, he had seventy seven receptions last year and and fifty nine carries. So I mean, he got the ball a lot. So I don't know. And it's any offense that shares the ball a little bit more isn't going to go well. And also, you got to remember, they didn't really have their running backs were in and out all year last year. So he was kind of that stopgap. That to me is where his value it was recognized the most. The fact yeah. that he's he is a guy that can line up anywhere on the field and be productive, in my opinion. I mean, that that's really what he brings. Now, does this dilute the value of running backs in the NFL. That's the next question. Does this prove that most of anybody can run the ball out of the backfield and hit the hole and find the holes in the line and do all that good stuff and identify, you know, where their gaps need to be in order to play the position? Or does this increase the value of a freakish athlete like Debo Samuel, who is that person? I don't know. It, it devalues those middle tier running backs. 
Because, okay. like, obviously you have the McCaffrey if he's healthy. You got, like, Derrick Henry, if. Jonathan Taylor, guys that are explosive. Because Debo's not running through the middle like that, you know? But, like... It, I think it. I think it has a more significant drop off if you're like, hey, I can throw Debo Samuel back there, and he's gonna do much better than like Clyde Edwards-Alaire or whatever it may be. Like the guys that are in the middle of the league, rather than those top five, ten guys. I think. I think that does. But also, it's we're still waiting to see if anybody else can do this. I think someone can if it's ran correctly, but I don't. We've never seen this. It's kind of unprecedented in a lot of ways. It is. But once again, to set that tone, as we just alluded to, Christian Kirk getting $84 million. Devontae Adams getting $84 million? $84 million. $84 million? Look, look at the TikTok, babes. This $84 million. But still, you look at him getting that amount of money. You look at Devontae getting paid a bag. Now all these people are going to want the same and as value goes. I personally believe. Money runs out. Money runs out. It does. Yeah. So is it best to part with your stars early before their prime ends while they're still in their peak window, so to speak, to get the max value for them in return? So whatever that's going to be, a first-round draft pick, second-round draft pick, or a balance thereof, is it more important to then say, okay, we're going to part ways, get the draft picks to replace you, and move forward? Or is it best to throw all this money at this guy and now you're taking away from other needs your team might need? Depends on if you can draft, <laughs> really. Like I well, wouldn't want the bear. I wouldn't want the Bears to do that because they fucking suck at draft. We don't know like, yet. Yeah. Ryan Pace no, sucks right. at draft. Exactly. Yeah. And how? Yeah. Exactly. Correction. So, like, so I don't know if it depends on first who's actually training these guys and helping them grow and all that, and it depends on who's picking the players. Because like, if you have a Debo Samuel in Chicago, you're kind of going to keep them because you're like, we're not going to get another one of those for a while. We're going to draft some fucking bullshit for the next five years. Um, but I mean, San Francisco is like a factory. Like they well, can get a, they, they can get a bunch of people in there that can that can try. And I know for a fact, if he's not on the team this year, they're drafting somebody or they're picking up somebody that they think could do a sim be more toolsy, similar to how he is. Well. Here's the thing. I don't think you're ever going to replace that. But then again, Brandon Ayuk no. is a freak Ashley. Freak yeah, Ashley. Yeah, if, if he could stay healthy. Well, yeah, this is always that was the, the thing. case. Debo played 16 games last year, too, which is a big thing. Well, but he only played seven times. the year before. Honestly, if I'm the 49ers, I call the bluff and say, okay. Well, because there is, there is solid reports that, you know, all these guys, Schefter and all these guys who report on the NFL, Pelissero. I mean, the 49ers did put a deal on the table and said, okay, here's what we're willing to pay. It wasn't enough. It was not enough. So he he basically bucked it to say, yeah, it's not enough. Trade me or give me more money. I don't know. I feel like it might be a smokescreen to create more value right before the draft and then just wait and see until after the draft and then give him what he wants. Isn't that what all this is, kind of? It's smokescreen until someone budges. Yeah, I don't know if I don't think San Francisco budgets. I don't see him getting traded. I don't know if this becomes a year long thing or whatever it may be. But if he doesn't get traded at the draft, then he doesn't get traded, in my opinion. Is he going to like full blown Le'Veon Bell this situation and come back fat? And would well, you see what Le'Veon Bell said? Again? Oh, is he the one giving advice now? He made a He made a tweet and he's like, if this guy doesn't play. All they're going to do is go and find another guy that can do the same thing to reduce your value. That's what he said. Well, then I mean, that shows you what your value is worth. Yeah, exactly. So 
if no one pays for it now and they can find somebody else that can do the same thing, then he basically fucked himself over. Right now he's betting on himself. So if you're the GM, hypothetically speaking, of course, if you are the GM right now, if you're John Lynch. Not hypothetical. I am the GM of the San Francisco 49ers. Let's go. (laughs) Big announcement today. (laughs) Let's fucking go. I'm so down to be co-host on this one. Anyway, anyway, we're going to be co-GMs, Vince. That's great. Isn't that great? They always say management works best when you have two people doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. And I mean, to be perfectly honest, we would build a winner. But moving forward. Confident. If you had the choice to say, all right, I'm going to pay this guy, you know, whatever it's going to be. $84 million? $84 million. (laughs) He's at least getting paid more than Christian Kirk, so. Right. So he basically would want, let's call it five years, a buck 25, right? Let's let's say kind of what Devontae got. Is he worth that? Or... Is he worth the draft picks I get in return, which is most likely a one and maybe a couple twos, maybe a tree in there. Two trees in there? Maybe two trees and a one. Maybe two trees and a two. Who knows? I mean, is that worth the value considering you have an aging defense? Right. All of these things? Well, I mean, a lot of their money, I mean, really, let's see. A lot of their money is Jimmy G. <laughs> Shout out to him. Which he's still on the roster, and how that yeah. makes any fucking sense, I have no idea. Dude, they said they might keep him. They said it's possible he stays on the team. Um, For what? Yeah, no, I I know. It's like maybe they just don't want Trey Lance to start. Maybe they're like, hey, we'll sit on Trey Lance for one more year and try to win with Jimmy still. I don't know. It seems like their cap isn't super fucked. Like they have they have some cap space. They're, about, they're just under a mil. Um, but their offense has – a ton of the money in the cast space already. Would I do it? I think, yeah, I think he's a special talent, but I don't know if he succeeds anywhere else as, as well as he is there. Just the amount of touches he gets in San Francisco is crazy. And if you send him to another high powered offense, he's not going to get as many touches. And if you send him to the jets, he's going to the fucking jets. So like, what? this is kind of the best scenario for him. He's just not getting paid the way he wants to be. If I'm the GM, I call the bluff. I say, okay, this is what it's going to be. We'll start exploring trades. Yep. I get the max value you can for the guy. I think you do that as well. You got the most out of him you could have for the past three years. He's going into his final year of his contract. Nine times out of ten, guys who get their second round are never the same. You move on, rinse and repeat. Yeah, it's like catch it before it actually ends. One of those things. But right, then, it's like you know. it's like the modern era Chicago Blackhawks, who missed their window to trade everybody, and now yeah. they're stuck with the. Hey, at Patrick least they won Kings. three, though. <laughs> oh sure, sure, they won three. Kansas wasn't one shit. <laughs> they almost won one. But Jimmy close G twice. Overthrew Emmanuel Sanders, which would have been a game winning touchdown. That was still an electric Super Bowl, though. I was cool with it. Yeah, it was all right. It was, was all Chief, right. I was Chiefs fans that day. Packer. Oh, Chiefs Vince. I already Although, said this. The Chiefs are my AFC team. Priest Holmes for life. Priest Holmes for life. One of the greatest running backs to ever play the game. Yeah. Now, we would be remiss, though, if we did not discuss this Baker Mayfield situation. Yes. Is he justified in the way he's speaking yes. right now? For sure. Is, okay. So we do Cle- believe that he's Cleveland's- not out of bounds. No, fuck that. Cleveland fucked him over, man. I don't care what anybody says. The way that he was this tossed back and forth over and over again and then they go and give Deshaun Watson this guaranteed money deal he's kind of just like what the fuck do I do now and they're kind of just like I don't know they kind of ghosted him 
or whatever the term is, uh, what's it called? Gaslighted. They gaslit him the whole fucking time. And granted, he can't do anything. He's under contract. He's getting paid well. So it's like, you know, rich boy tears or whatever it may be. But I think he's totally justified in feeling like shit right now. I feel like Baker just always has to be the underdog, even when he isn't. I, I heard this. I forgot where I heard it. So sorry if you said me. it. Um, me. Not you. Um, I'm telling but... you it was me. Okay, cool. Um, I heard this. Baker Mayfield was the underdog forever in every occasion, really. Coming into college, walk on, gets a starting role, wins the Heisman, all this shit. Getting drafted 1-1, those are just expectations. At this point now, he's an underdog again. If he gets traded, whatever team he goes to now, it's, it's one of those prove-it things. So maybe that's where his motivation lies. So maybe he starts fucking people up now that he's not on the Browns and he's not like expected to be a 1-1 guy. He's expected to come back and make a difference. Hmm. It's going to be interesting to see. I feel like his best days are behind him, and they weren't that great as it yeah, was. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They weren't the great. The real question is, I, I believe they're going to have no choice but to release him. And That's a lot of money on the books to release a guy. They don't have a choice. What? Who's going to give up what for him? They know it's a ticking time bomb before he has to be released because they don't want the money on the books. They're going to try and do basically what they did with Odell, try and find – a happy medium to make it clear the books easy. Right. They better hope Deshaun Watson is so good. <laughs> oh, they gave him like the most money guaranteed of all. I time? know it's just, well, Deshaun Watson is that good. I, mean, I know, he, but I mean, really they just, is. they just better hope he works out in that offense because if they gave him that much money and like, obviously their window, it's a big, big thing. It's a contentious conversation because they haven't been good in so long. If he's, if he's like mid to bad, like, I just feel bad for Cleveland at that point. <laughs> I don't feel the bad city, for Cleveland. The city, not the not the. Oh, it's a factory of sadness. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, they've they've tried their very best, but they are kind of at the helm of, you know, poor management here over the past decade plus. Fucking uh, 20 years, bro. <laughs> almost 30. <laughs> Since they uh, came back into the NFL. <laughs> Bernie Kosar days. I mean, Bernie Kosar made them relevant, right? But How about that's Jim a whole. Yeah, well, Jim Brown was in the 60s. <laughs> I know, I know. That's we what I'm saying. Even, That's the last time they were good. <laughs> we weren't even twinkles. No, actually, the last time they were good no, was our... actually in the late 80s, early 90s. Bernie Kosar faced yeah. off against John Elway in those early Denver Broncos. So if we're looking back at that, you know, it's just going to be interesting now. You lose J.C. Treader, new coach, new system, although it is a terrifying thought process to think about Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Amari Cooper, and David Njoku with a quarterback Squad. who is yeah. just a beast. So my my next question is this. If you pick Baker to go anywhere, especially with all this, because I guess his first choice was Indianapolis, allegedly, yeah. and that didn't happen because of the Matt Ryan deal. So if you have to pick Baker in any uniform, where is he going? Part. This is, I mean... Where I think fit wise it would go well, I think it would go well in New Orleans. He's not going to go there because of Jameis. Um, I'd say he's going southeast. I'll put him in Atlanta. I was thinking Carolina. I'll put him in Atlanta. I think he's best fit for being in Atlanta. May I set this picture? Please for, set a for scene, everyone. good man. All set right. a scene. So if we look at Baker being the re the revenge artist he is, and we look at all the scenarios in the NFL and this is under the 
possibility of him being released by the Browns, and now he has his choice. He's a free agent. He's released. I hope he gets that, that, honestly. I'm not a massive Baker Mayfield fan, but I hope he gets that. He's going to get it. There's not going to be a choice here. No one's going to give up No one's going to trade for him knowing that they're going to release him? Fuck that. (laughs) So you look at Atlanta. Okay, we have Marcus Mariota. That's a bridge gap. So mm-hmm. they're going to draft a quarterback. You know that they're drafting yeah, a quarterback. Mariota's ass. We already know this. Yeah. Whether well, he's good when he's on the field, but that's very rare. Right. So they they know that. And so they're going to draft. Questionable time. <laughs> yeah, they're going to they're going to trade up. They're going to draft for somebody in the first half of the draft. So that's Kenny Pickett. That's the dude out of Ole Miss, Matt Corral. That's you know Malik Willis, Malik Willis who you're high on, not that high on. Don't I'm not even high on it. I was just hearing that, even... that he might be he might be a high pick. Well, that would be a word on the street. Anybody. Whispers on the avenue. They're saying. Anyway, to paint this picture, I feel like a lot of teams like the Saints in that NFC South are going to draft quarterbacks to grow. You look at the Saints. You look at all this stuff. Okay. They're going to find their guy because they have bridge gaps in place. James Winston's going to be your boss. No, no, no. Now we divert to the AFC. We look at teams like maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers Mm -hmm. who signed Money Mitch. They got their boy, man. I don't think they're sold on him. They got him for a deal. For a bridge gap, they got him for a deal. So Baker, being the revenge artist he is, Free agent. He comes out. He's like, listen, I'm going to stick it to the man. I'm going to stay in division. Yeah, I'm going to go play for the Pittsburgh Steelers and fuck shit up because he will, because then he's surrounded by a great running back, good offensive line, young tight end who gets shit done. And not only that, but a defense that's pretty scary. So you paint the picture. You might be seeing Baker in black and gold. Just saying. I like that. That would be cool. Except I feel bad for my boy Mitchy. Oh, Mitch would be passed over. Mitch would be like, like I've always said, he's gonna be like, "Hey, you'll see." You're a hater. Time dude. will tell. Can't <laughs> can't wait to go into the draft scenarios. I got some crazy stuff going on in my brain. Such a hater. Not a hater. Appreciator. Shout Play to it. Mitch. Never be a play to hater. Hey, you want to know what's hot in the streets right now? Uh, Biggie, the block's hot. The National Basketball uh, Association. Hey, man, the playoffs are always electric in the NBA. At least, yeah. you know, part of the first round. The other part is like a fucking snooze. Yeah, it depends on the team you're watching. Um, oh, yeah. I need to ask you this first because we haven't really talked about it. Um, mm-hmm. What are your opinions on the play-in tournament? I think it's really lame. Really? Not really a fan, no. No. Oh, I love it. You know, I guess... Okay, so the Timberwolves play the Clippers and then they beat the Clippers. Okay, cool. But what Dude, are the that was so electric right after that game, though. I was so hyped. But it provides false hope because the Clippers are ass. We've talked about it for a long time. Even though they got Paul George and Patrick Beverly or Patrick Bev's on the on the Timberwolves now. The Timbees, yeah. But it's still one of these situations, in my opinion, where none of these teams are positioned to make a run. The NBA is way too lopsided with talent. It's not spread out evenly across the league, as we oh, all know. I disagree. Right How now, do you disagree right with now, that? There's, there's more parity right now than there has been in the last 20 years. I would agree with that in some sense, but if Anybody you don't can have... Win this, no, 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 no. I disagree. Uh, pretty big. 
What, because... you think it's just Phoenixes to take? No, but you look at the East and you look at the West and you go, okay, I'm going to identify two teams in those divisions that are better than basically everybody else. And in the East, it's Miami and, and Milwaukee. I mean, what about Boston? No, not going to happen. They're balling. Anyway, anyway balling. you look at the two in the East. Yeah, they're playing the, the Nets who have Ben Simmons. Don't even get me going on this. Hey, he's playing game four. Yeah, he's going to suck. Anyways, <laughs> I do wish him nothing. Never mind. But the best. I'm not gonna put that <laughs> You're there. not going to finish it. I no, just wish him nothing. No, I just wish him nothing. Anyway, um, <laughs> you look at the West, and the two right now, in my opinion, are 100% the Phoenix Suns. And then not only that, but Golden State is playing Balls. outstanding. Balls. So, you know, I I just don't see it. I mean, maybe you throw in Memphis, but I don't think Memphis has the firepower in the West to make a run. And I don't no. think Boston has the same tools either. I think Boston I think got the two because they got hot at the right time. No, nah. I think they do. We're, we're going to talk about him in a second. We're going to break down everything, but I think Boston definitely, definitely has a chance. The reason I like to play in tournament. Um, Back to the play in tournament. Yeah, I just wanted to say this really quick. I first off, the one elimination thing, the only game I don't like that in is baseball because there's so much parody in it. But the one one game elimination thing is obviously electric. It's like a game seven right off the bat. Um, and also, it's kind of like playoff experience for those middling teams. But when you think about it, the way that the Timberwolves are playing right now with their young guys, that was so sick to watch. So sick to watch. Um the Clippers, obviously, they didn't have Kawhi, whatever it may be. Um, that was a sick matchup. I mean, there's a chance in the future where it's not going to go as well. Like, obviously, the Nets are going to make it no matter what. Um, but I don't know. I really enjoyed watching it. I thought it was fun to have, like, a little middle tournament thing here. Um, and also, it makes that getting above the seven seed a lot more interesting. Where, like, you're actually playing for that fourth fifth sixth seed because you don't want to play in the play-in tournament also hey, lebron vince. hates it <laughs> hey vince yeah well i mean we're always about what makes lebron upset because right lebron's a crybaby bitch the worst. but <laughs> but with all that being said do you honestly believe and let's look at the historical background of eight seats and seeds beyond that yeah has there been any team that's been an eight seed almost a decade now that they've been doing this structure that has ever made an NBA finals. Um, Off the top of my head, I don't see it. I think um, I want to say the Knicks did at the end of the nineties. It wasn't like real recent. It's the end of the nineties. I know, but I, I want to say the Knicks did, but even I'm so, saying it, over it, the last 10 years, no. I'm talking modern era of basketball. Has that even been remotely possible? I don't know if anybody's gotten to the like the conference finals. I'm sure they have, but I don't. They definitely haven't won one, nah. and I don't think they've reached. I think it's been since like '90s <laughs> that's happened. Yeah, no, I'm talking modern era of basketball, the the softest era of NBA basketball, allegedly, because they I don't, don't think it's alleged. No, <laughs> it, it's just it, a fact. It's a fact. <laughs> It's a fact. Yeah. Softest era of NBA basketball over the past 10, 20 years. I mean, this has been something that the seeds that are stacked usually move on to the next step. Yeah, you know? no, I agree. But I, I do think, I mean, if you think about 2015, 16, those years, 
it was literally two teams are going to make it and there's no way around it. That shit this, was purely yeah. like, it's going to be the Cavaliers. It's going to be the Warriors. It doesn't matter how this starts. Like that was like when the Raptors won, it was insane. Cause it was like, what is going on? I guess that's the only situation you could pen that would go with this narrative. I'm breaking down. So the Raptors weren't the one seed in the East. They were probably the two or the three. I think there are two. Yeah. Okay, so fine. So even though, like I'm saying, still top two, still top three. Yeah, no, I mean, you don't expect to... an AC to get up there, yeah. No, you just don't. So the play-in, as it is fun, and you would get some good basketball out of it, just never expect that team that plays in to be someone to go to that next step. You know, you don't see a lot of Cinderella stories, per se, in modern era basketball. But yeah. that's what makes, you know, the NCAA tournament so appealing and, you know, college football so appealing sometimes, you know, it's that narrative behind they could possibly do it. Yeah. Um, so this is something to me that I think it's a money thing for the NBA. I mean, it's, for, it's purely viewership. for entertainment. You don't think yes. anybody's going to actually go, but it is entertaining and entertaining as shit. Oh, a hundred, a hundred. And to get to that, I mean, Miami and Atlanta are going tonight. I mean, Dude. does Miami just sweep the series? It looks like it. I think this is sweet. Uh, I wouldn't even call it revenge, really, but I don't know if you remember earlier in the season, Trey Young was like, yeah, we kind of just don't really get up for these games. Like, thinking they're made for the playoffs because they made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Mm -hmm. So for them to just make it on a hope and a prayer in in the play-in tournament, which was hilarious. They were the nine seed, remember? So they ended up actually coming up and, and ending up being the A seed. Um, I love it. I hope the Heat sweep them so Trey Young doesn't get too big for his fucking bridges. He's been in the league for, what, two years? And he's like, oh, we're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals every year. That's not how that works. So I think he just he needs like he needs to be put on a step down from where he's at. The confidence is there. He's going to be a dog for a long time. But I think the Heat take this in four and just call it a day. Get over it. Calling a clean sweep. Love it. I'm with you there. Now, as we transition there, Brooklyn, Boston. This one's fun. I mean, is the Kyrie and KD era over? No, I don't think so. You don't so. think it's over? You don't um, think it's over? No, I don't. I They'll be fine next year. I, Dude, I think you're criminally underrating Boston right now, though. They're I'm easily underrating if, them. If you watch them, like... Their defense is astounding, and they were without Robert Williams right now, who's maybe their second-best defender because Marcus Smart won the defensive player of the year. Um, they're badass. And, like, when you watch them at the end of the game, I don't know if you saw that Jason Tatum dish on the first on game one where he spun around in the uh, in the paint and ended up getting rid of it right before the clock goes off, and he made it. Shit was electric. Um, and their defense is just stomp. Like, they're good. And here, as an example— in game two, Kevin Durant went four for 17, and Kyrie went four for 13. I think that's has way more to do with Boston's defense than Brooklyn's offense. Durant ended with 27. He went 18 for 20 from the free throw line, which is crazy that he shot 20. And I think the way that they're kind of seeing it right now is, hey, we're not going to stop Durant. It's impossible. What we are going to stop is their offense from zooming. Because if they're if they're going over and over again, getting shots up, all this stuff, but Boston's basically like, break them up, send them to the line, let them shoot free throws over and over again. They're not going to get a rhythm down, and it's kind of worked out the last couple of games. I'm not saying Brooklyn even has a shot. 
I think Boston's going to win this series. They may yeah. have an opportunity to sweep this series. I think Brooklyn now, wins one. They have to Bri- win one. Brooklyn, Brooklyn may win tomorrow night, right? Because they're going home now, and they got yeah. the home field advantage, and all this is starting to be played. Even into though this. it's it's Barclays, like there might be more Celtics fans there. <laughs> oh yeah, that's another thing. Like you know, okay, you were the New Jersey Nets, now you're the Brooklyn Nets. You're not going to yeah. lose much of a fan base, but still, it's, it's another Jersey New York more fans. Fans, I feel like. Oh yeah. And a lot of people were pretty bitter about that, but I definitely feel as like if there's any game for Brooklyn to win, it's this one. So if I'm a yeah. betting man, I pick Brooklyn for game three, but I definitely feel as if Boston takes this. Well, Simmons comes back and forth, so they end up they end up winning every game with Simmons, right? <sighs> the, what has this guy done over the past? You know, he's number one overall pick, dude. He's from that's Australia. It. Come on, yeah, that's all he's done. <laughs> he's he played Australian. at LSU for a little bit. And he didn't do too much. You know, sure, he's a long, athletic dude who can't shoot. Great but defender. Great defender. Which and supposedly right he now. passes the ball, even though he just just chooses to, like, miss layups on purpose. You he know, gets assists because he's afraid to shoot. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly really? what this team needs. And not only that, they traded for him, what, at the deadline? And he hasn't done a thing for him? And he yeah. didn't play all year long? And he couldn't. He's injured. Don't get me going on this guy. I know, such I know. a piece of shit. I do, I do like egging it on. It's funny. Um, no, yeah, I no, mean, I d- for real. I don't think he doesn't make it. He doesn't make a difference in this. He doesn't. Round. He he, he is hasn't not, played with them. There's no he, cohesion there. He is not the piece that gets you over the hump. And he East. might be, dude. No, he's if not. You give him, if you give him a full year, he might be. I just does he, he even play shoot. a full year? Does he even play a full year? Probably not. Gets tired. No, no, he doesn't. He gets <laughs> sleepy. <laughs> He gets to sleepy. <laughs> he gets sleepy. <laughs> he gets tired. We all get a little oh, tired. No but I doubt. mean, fuck it, man. Yeah. Why did you even choose to trade for this clown? Well, they had to. Harden wasn't staying. Well, Harden, it just goes everywhere and ruins it. Showed. Total show. Total well, just about, second, about me. It doesn't seem like he's ruining All eyes right on now. me. <laughs> but you... I mean, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, did you see Brooklyn kind of, I, I, I don't think Brooklyn has a chance because I think internally they're a mess. Yeah. And there's, I mean, besides their two big guys, they don't have a lot. And like watching it, you kind of want a guy that can control the ball and do it. I think Goran Dragic like ended up dropping a shit ton of points because he had to. But I don't, I think they need a couple more pieces. I think they can definitely do better next year it's just them being the eighth seed and all or the what is it seventh seed and all that comes with it and brooklyn's a fucking good good team man and they have home field or home court advantage like nobody's business speaking of did you see game one of the brooklyn yeah you see specifically Kyrie. i did not dude so it's notorious in every sport that boston fans are a little bombastic in, oh, they're uh, they're gonna they're gonna eat talk it. Yeah. Oh yeah, and everybody remembers they the Kyrie Kyrie in Boston, and then Kyrie coming back and stepping on the leprechaun or whatever the hell it is. Boston doesn't mince words with Kyrie Irving, so they're talking shit to him. Uh, Kyrie turned around a couple times, flicked him off like five times, told out all bunch of dudes to suck his dick. He had a post game con or uh, press conference. He was just like letting them fly, swearing and shit. He's like, it's not every fan, but like, you got to like retaliate back. It's some bullshit, whatever it was. He got fined 50 K for that, but I don't know, dude, I kind of fuck with it. <laughs> I kind of like that a lot. I know it's a family game and you can't be doing that, but just seeing that like raw emotion and just like the back and forth and shit, it's kind of fun to me. 
I come from the era and model of don't let your words do your talking. Let your play yeah. do your talking. Yeah. So don't respond to the fans who are there purposely to try and get a rise out of you. Kind of anything that first game, though. I know he balled the I first game, saying, but oh, they yeah. still lost. Yep. Okay. One. Two, you didn't take over the game and say, okay, I'm going to take over this shit and show these fans what I'm about. Right. A la Michael Jordan, Reggie Miller, Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Kobe would harness that energy. Even fucking LeBron as much as we don't like him, but whatever. LeBron LeBron does that shit, did that shit on the Cavs a couple times. You're like, all right, it's already. Yeah, over. but that's <laughs> almost 20 years ago. But whatever. <laughs> Four or five years ago. <laughs> whatever. Fucking. <laughs> Jordan was longer. <laughs> no. Jordan was the king of doing uh, that. I agree. So God. was Reggie Miller. I mean, the the Knicks documentary in 30 for 30 that goes into yeah. Reggie Miller dropping 13 points in 30 seconds. R.I.P. to Jermaine O'Neal's Jermaine O'Neal's career. Yeah, Jermaine O'Neal was great for the Pacers. Anyway, it still to me shows that they got under his skin. And yep. this shows internally they're not a really strong team and they mm-hmm. crumble at the first sign of adversity. So in my eyes... They're going to lose this series in five because of it. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And next season, the Brooklyn Nets are going to have to really look at from an organization standpoint. Is it worth keeping these guys together? I don't think it is. No, it is. After they traded for Simmons, they're going to give him another year. Whatever you may say about him. Ben Simmons is going to be the reason they traded a lot for him. Yeah. Peace back. They got Seth Curry back. All that shit. Patty Mills needs to come back. They're going to run it back, no doubt. There's no question about it. It's just, yeah, I don't know, man. Any other comments about the Brooklyn-Boston series? I dislike Ben Simmons greatly. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> our boys. <laughs> our boys, Mike. Our boys. Tied 1-1 hey, in the was, series. I was in Wisconsin, man. I'm in <laughs> Madtown. I am out bar hopping with one of my buddies who lives down there, and we are watching this game's and just I was talking mad so shit to Bucks, Bucks fans. fans. Yeah. <laughs> and like it was fantastic because they're like, you guys got lucky tonight and blah 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 blah. My question to them was, didn't you like just start watching basketball like three years Last ago? Year. <laughs> I mean like, fans no. were fans were booing the pick of Giannis <laughs> initially. You booed the pick of Giannis A. B, the next player beyond Giannis was fucking Michael Red. Boss. I mean Come on, boss. Come on, bro. That lefty, that lefty release was sick. But that's the exact point. The the Bucks obviously don't have a very chair. I mean, never mind. Like Kareem. (laughs) But that was so long ago. But like Luel Sindor on the freaking Bucks was wild. And like Oscar Robinson and all that shit. But that was so long ago, obviously. Yeah, Bucks Um, fans. That's all I got for them. Yeah, that's all I got. Um, The Bucks took care of business in game one. Uh, it was a defensive game. I think it ended somewhere around like it was like 89 to 85 or something crazy. DeRosa went six for 25. Vooch went nine for 27, 86 points. Ain't going to do it. And after the game, DeRozan's like, Hey man, we're not going to shoot like that ever again. That is a fact. That's how it's going to happen. Love to see that. And then DeRozan and Vooch come back in game two. DeRozan hits 41. Vooch hits 24, including a couple really clutch baskets in the second game. DeRozan's going to be the make or break for this series. If DeRozan yeah. stays this hot, if we keep playing this great basketball, you know, Patrick, Patrick Williams, I mean, is 
exceeded all expectations. Yeah, he's I mean, the defensive, man. Defensively, he's crushing life right now for us. Yep. So you look at it like if he can stay on Giannis and defend him the way he's been defending him, and then you know Caruso doing his thing, been playing unconscious the first. I two love games. him so much. He's, he's a key the, piece. He's the emotional leader of the team, and he is the number one defender on the team. And the Lakers really fucked up getting rid of that guy. That's all I got to say. Well, happy to have him and DeRozan and him on the same squad as Big. You know, Vince, I mean, I know recently today what it was announced that Chris Middleton sprained yeah. his MCL. Yep. This could be our pocket to yep. to advance. I mean, this got a lot, a lot closer after that happened. He's out three to four weeks, so he's out for the series for sure. I you, you don't root for injuries, obviously. No, like, no. You, you want to play him. Square. You want to play him at full mass. You want to play them for what they are. You, you you play them for what they are. So he got injured. I without that piece, it makes it a lot more interesting. I mean, it's going to depend on Drew Holiday. It's going to depend on Giannis. But Middleton was a very key piece. Middleton was the reason they won a lot of games last year in, in the playoffs specifically. He was an absolute spark plug in a couple of those games. So not having him is going to hurt a lot for them. I would agree a hundred percent. I think, like I said, this is our window and we need to win this game at home. Yeah. It's going to be huge. If we can take one of the games at the United center and take it back to Brooklyn. Yeah. That to me. Yeah. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. We just got got done talking about Brooklyn. You got Simmons on your mind. Oh God. So take it back to Milwaukee and you then close it out there. This might go, this might go the distance. I, that would be really fun. I think hot take time here. Hot take. Game three. If Levine scores 30 points, the Bulls win. Hmm. Because Levine has been decent this playoffs. And granted, this is his third game ever playing in the playoffs. He was the longest tenured player in the NBA to not go in a playoff. I think he played something like 1,800 games or something like that. Um, before he actually ended up in the playoffs, which is crazy. So this is uh, this is big for him. If he can come out and play really well in front of the home crowd, you know it's going to be absolutely insane there tonight. Um, this is going to get posted when the game starts. So sorry if you listen after. We might be right. We might be wrong. But if Levine has a really good game, I think they take it. Tonight, I think that's course. a fair assessment. I think defensively we need to stay strong. I think yep. this is something that – you look at how Vooch played, right? Oh, yeah. On Wednesday night, he is going to be that catalyst that he needs to stay hot. And then you got to make sure Patrick Williams is just on Giannis all night long, like way yeah. on Rice. So. Yeah. I mean, Giannis was on DeMar DeRozan a lot last game, and that didn't mean jack shit. DeMar went off. DeMar so, comes up in the heavy situations, and I think that's crucial to this series. Against if a DPOY guy, too. Like, Giannis almost won the defensive player of the year. I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, the killer that was in Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, Ray Allen, that, the, you know, certain guys have that trait. Yeah. DeRozan has that trait. Yeah, but like, ah, dude. Levine doesn't have that trait. Levine's not going to take, yet. give me the ball. No. 
let me take over. DeRozan's well, DeRozan been in the league long enough. When Toronto was doing it, dude, like his clutch team was was rough in the middle there. Like specific, it was against the Cavs. Given, like, I mean, they're a really fucking good team. LeBron in his in his uh, prime, but like, yeah, I hope I hope DeRozan keeps doing this. But there, it was the whole thing on him. Like the whole verdict on him was he's gonna shit it in the playoffs. So I hope it doesn't happen now. It doesn't seem like it's going to. Um, but yeah, no, I think he does have that clutch gene. I think it's just he needed a change of change of pace, and he's like without a doubt the leader of this team. So I sure hope you're right. I love that lineup that they had in store the other night, right? And they're playing Levine and Bev and then subbing in and out Caruso and Vooch. Like it's just it's working. You know, you're down Lonzo. It'd be great to have Lonzo to have on, you know, Drew Holiday, but what are you going to do? Right. I mean, and that's the thing, too, is when I think about it, like, they lose Middleton, we don't have Lonzo. So, let's call it even. Yeah, now we call it even. I'd say the playing field is square. I thought this series was going to be a joke, but the Bulls are clearly coming up to the situation. I thought they were done. I think we all kind of thought they were getting. They ready were to dogging in game one. They lost it, but they were they were going at it still. They're starting to wake up. They're starting yep. to wake up, and I feel as if the, if they get some mo here, watch out. They the I don't think they're the going to take the Bulls East. Are back? Hey, if you could take the first round of the playoffs, and let's say you're going to play Philly, right? I think they're, I think they're slated to play Boston or Brooklyn. I think I don't know how that would actually set up. Still going to be a tough series, but still potentially doable. Yeah, you know, you look at Philly and Toronto right now. You know, I think Philly. There's not much to talk about. I mean, they they're gonna take this Toronto. Everybody kind of knew that's just you some know, people were yeah. taking Toronto, which was wild. I think people thought there was gonna <sighs> be like late. Well, late season James Harden was not good, and he and he kind of is waking up now. And like, I mean, Philly might sweep them because like they're just demoralized at this point, but. Some people were taking Toronto. They thought they were hot shit for a minute. I didn't. I didn't think so. It's Pascal and I think Scotty Barnes is out now, so there's no way that they actually play well. But some people were on him for a moment. Mm, yeah, that 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 moment has come and gone. Let's transfer to Western Conference matchups because yeah. I feel as if you know to review this. I mean, Phoenix had a rough go of it game too. You uh, know, it was a little interesting. I was like, yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, the yes. whole story is is book. It's both book. like, yeah, he's out, man. Two to three week grade one hamstring train strain. He's their number one scorer. Man, if this is rough, you know, so basically you got to get through this series without him and then pray to God that he comes back. Yeah. You know, all of himself and CP three deserves that title. I you want know. him to get it so bad. Me too. I mean, I still think the Suns take the first round. Yeah, I, st- I still think it's hey, gonna be but some, some. New hops. Orleans got some dogs. Well, thanks, LeBron. When they were, yeah, I mean, when they were playing, I mean, even we can they can thank LeBron like, James for that. Um, no, like CJ McCollum comes to this team. He's a boss. Brandon Ingram has been. It's he's always been like the guy that everybody's like, you know, you don't talk about him a lot, but he's really damn good. He is damn good. Brandon Ingram is really good. He's a shot hitter. He's a producer. He can do it a lot of these guys are stepping up and kind of, and kind of beasting out right now. And like, I don't think Nola takes it. I think Nola was what the eighth seed coming in something. something no, I think they were the ninth seed. They were like 36 and 46 this year. And somehow they took a game against the one seed, which is, I don't know. It's exciting. It's fun to watch. I don't think it means anything, but it's fun to watch. 
No, I think it's fun to watch, and, and it does show you know a spark plug guy like McCollum coming in and kind of being a glue. They might be a piece away. You know, who knows if Zion. you know Zion comes back and is maybe an ounce of what he was his hey, sophomore the, season. I learned the team is the reason that Zion's not playing, not Zion. Really, they don't yep. want him. Well, they're saying, I mean, they're kind of looking at trades, supposedly. This is all sources. It's all word on the street. They're kind of looking at trades, and I think they just want to make sure that he's 100% good before he comes in. But, I mean, that guy's leaping and beasting right now. It's He's 300 pounds. He looks like he could play right hey, tackle for the he's Bears. He's thinned out a bit, though, at least a little mm. bit. Stop eating all that gumbo. I mean, I don't think the gumbo put the weight on you, dog. I think it's. I think it's the lack of self-control, you know? I mean, why do, you, why do people... That's a lot of gumbo, you know? brother. <laughs> That's a lot of gumbo, dog. He's a big human before all that. Yeah, I mean, fuck. Yeah. Like I said, he legit looks like he could be like a defensive tackle for the oh, Chicago no Bears. No doubt. Monster of a human being. Khalil Max. Um, Khalil Max, what's up? Now, this game last night, Memphis and Minnesota, just Memphis, just, just destroyed. I mean... No, not even. Well, no, whole, I'm not saying destroyed him. I'm saying right. just the last Jay, quarter was fun. John Morant is just a dog. Yeah. Shout out to him. Shout out to him. Because um, that game looked like it was over in the first half. In the first, Yeah, the first quarter. I mean, if you look at the splits of the game, it's pretty fucking wild. The Timberwolves were really, 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 really good in the first and third quarters, and they were really, really, really bad in the second and third quarters. Scoring breakdown, Minnesota starts off the game scoring almost scoring 39 points in the first quarter. So they were up almost 20 off the bat. They scored 12 points in the second quarter. They come back in the third quarter. They put 32 up. They're winning by like 20, I think. I think the at the end of the third quarter, the score was 62 to 83. Um, Minnesota with a commanding lead. The end of the game, Memphis scored 37 in the fourth. Minnesota scores 12 in the fourth, and Memphis ends up winning it. 104 to 95. I was watching this. So, <clears throat> And also, here's a quick plug, too. I was on a podcast yesterday, De Beer Bros, with my boys Joe and Rob. That is on Spotify. That is on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to it. I'm on it if you love me. Sorry. Out of the plug. Um, they, Hell of a plug, Vince. Yeah, there I am. Those are my boys. We drank beer together. Uh, hey, I love it. Yeah, so basically we were watching that game, and we were like, well, this is over. <laughs> like they were, I think Minnesota doubled Memphis's points for like majority of the first half. I got up. I went all the way home. I was talking to my brother. I'm like, yeah, uh, Memphis really shit the bed tonight. He's like, dude, they won. And I'm like, what the fuck? They just came back, and John Morant is going to just – John Morant's going to John Morant, man. And he only scored 16 points. He was just triple-double machine 41 minutes. Hey, sometimes you just got to come back and Still show take. them what it's about. Yeah. You know? Come back, show them what it's about. I mean, but basically in, you know, nine minutes, they put up like 20 points. It's, it's fascinating. And, and yeah. just we're playing great defense. It, it, you love to see it. I mean, you really do. I definitely feel as if Memphis will take this series when it's all said and done. I think they lose uh, the next round, though. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Seeing I how mean, this is going down and just, like, thinking about all the talent that's in the West right now, unless they get matched up with, like, Utah or Dallas, there's no way that they're going to win A the lot next of people are saying, man, Golden State might be a low-key, like, underdog to come in and win it all. I think they might. I, honestly, honestly. Steph back and. Playback with book out now. I think they're the favorites. Yeah, I agree with that statement. I mean, Devin Booker not being in it's he's their it's, one scorer, man. He's their yeah. number one scorer. Yeah, he's their Kobe. He's their glue. So you look at it. This is something to 100% pay attention to. 
And as we continue to move forward through these playoffs, we will continue to look at Keep it. You know, eye, the rest yeah. the rest of it, I think Golden State sweeps. Yeah, Denver, Denver, I mean, needs, Denver needs more guys. Jamal Murray and MPJ need to come back. Jokic is a boss. That's all you got to really say about that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, mean, I will Jokic say the best big man in basketball, basically. I feel bad for I actually don't because they were assholes in the 90s to the Bulls. But I do feel bad. This Dallas-Utah series, I feel bad for Utah at this point. Uh, the last six years, they've the furthest they've gone is the conference semifinals. They're fucked up. They need to blow it all up. Donovan Mitchell's not on the team next year. They should probably just get rid of Gobert and retry it because this isn't working. Hmm. Would Rudy Dude, the Gobert... Dallas doesn't even have Luka, and they're, they're fucking him up. <laughs> it's crazy. Would, would Rudy Gobert be a great piece on the Bulls? Yes. Maybe. Probably. Could you imagine yeah, him he's and a Max? Bleach? Though there's no, there's no, there's no money for that. He's a Max. They gotta run me to Max. I and don't I, know. I wouldn't pay him the Max for a guy with that offensive. Like he's obviously the be- one of the best, if not the best, defender in the league. But nah, I don't. I don't like that offensive yeah. output from him. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe you try and package Vooch to go and get a guy like Rudy Gobert, who could line could up against possible. Giannis every night. You know that to me. I mean, he Makes is the perfect sense. fit. He's the perfect fit. I would love if to you have get him, him on the if team. you get him if you get him cheap, or if you say, "Hey, you know, here's Vooch, young guy, shooter, boom, boom." You never know. You never know. It it could happen. Sound like the kid from uh, Angels in the Outfield? Yeah. And to I think, think <laughs> about Angels in the Outfield, Vince. Yes. Baseball's been back, man. I love baseball. I'm watching the White Sox game right now. I'm sorry. They've lost me over the the past couple days, man. Yeah, no, they got swept by the Gordians. We're going to get into Comiskey Corner in a moment, but they got swept by the Gordians, and it hurt my uh, feelings. Uh, Can I sound off really quick? Go. I was watching – so I was watching baseball the other day. I was watching the Sox play at uh, in Cleveland, um, and I was thinking about ballpark dimensions. I followed this – uh, Twitter page called Would It Dong, um, and basically it'll tell you the percent or how many stadiums a home run would have went out, or if it's a fly ball and it was a really far hit, how many stadiums it would have went out in the first place. I just want to say term sounds semi-sexual, but would continue. it dong? Would it dong? Yeah, I said that on purpose. A little dongs. <laughs> just kidding. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so, <laughs> so just thinking about it, it is kind of wild that. This is the only sport where dimensions on the field can be completely different. Sure. And I'm not a big Yankees guy overall. I'm not a big Yankees guy, but that field's a fucking cheat code and I hate it. They got a, the Bronx Bombers. Dude, they're under 318 feet in left field in New York. 318 left, 404 center, 314 right. They're basically playing on a little league field and you got Joey Gallo hitting pop ups over the wall. It's bullshit, and I hate it. Well, I mean, you have to remember the opposing team has the same advantage, so it's right. equal playing field, right? Yeah. You know, but, but you look at okay, you look at historically, it has fucked them though, right? Yeah, it's true. I mean, think of Boston when they came back to beat them in the mm-hmm. early two thousands. I mean, if it's not for that wall, you know, Poppy doesn't hit his home run potentially. You know, there's certain yeah. things you got to keep into account here, and older yeah. ballparks usually try and keep it traditional. Well, this even is though the they new fucking Yankee, Yankee Stadium. Yeah. yeah, but original Yankee Stadium was very similar in their dimensions. Yeah, no doubt. 
you know, it's not like those fields that they were playing on in the 20s and the 1900s, you see? Uh, it's not like that, you know, You know when they were talking like lefty that, you drone. see? They're really fast. You see? And, we got Lefty see? and Pee Wee on the base pass. <laughs> yeah, got Lefty out there. Ty Cobb. <laughs> Ty <Yeah>. Cobb. <laughs> I'll, show you, I'll show you plenty. We got, three, um, we got three floozies in the audience today. <laughs> got three floozies. You know, show me, I'll show you plenty. I'll but show you plenty. <laughs> you look at those stadiums, and they were super weird, and there was like, you Polo know, grounds. no bullpen. Polo, Polo grounds, grounds, for example, wild. which you can replay in the show, which is a riot. It's sick. Um, it is great. So, you know, you look at stadiums and what they were to what they are now, which are mega facilities nine times out of ten. And yeah, what like they the represent. Texas Rangers. It's just a massive field house. Oh, dude, it's so neat. Yeah. By the way, the taxi squad may be live from there in August. We'll see. You already Could know. be fun. Could be fun. I will say this, though. It is definitely something now where, you know, where you're playing on a week in and week out basis definitely does have to do quite a bit with what your success may be. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you look at teams like, let's just call it the White Sox, easiest example. We play terrible in Minneapolis. We play terrible mm. most times in Cleveland. in Cleveland. And I don't know if that's the ballpark. I don't know what that is. But... Cleveland has one of the biggest dimensions. And the, the reason I brought this up, Luis Robert hit a double that looked gone off the bat. Um, it would have went out in 24 of the 30 fields in the MLB. They had a chance to win that game after that. So it's just, I don't know. I'm not like really saying like change the dimensions or whatever. It's just interesting that this is really the only sport that you can kind of change the dimensions based on where you're at. Um, but I do think Yankee stadiums a fucking cheat and I hate it, but that's mostly because I don't like it's Yankees. Yankees. Who likes Fun the fact Yankees? though, Wrigley is the deepest left field and right field line dimensions in the MLB. So back in the day, they like deeper fields, man. Hmm. True. Back then, you know, you didn't hit the ball as far, so they tried to make it a pitch ball puck. You see, that's the difference. That's the difference. You see, (laughs) I love that shit. Oh, Uh, it's great. You see, one more comment on the Yankees. They're terrible. Soy beta cuck boys. That's all I gotta say. Bitch ass Yankees intentionally walked Miguel Cabrera with two thousand nine hundred and ninety nine hits. Fuck you guys pitch to the guy they already have guys on that list you think they would respect history a little bit and also they said hey if anybody else was up at that same time they would have walked them too which is ridiculous there was not a situation where you want to walk a guy at all they walked him because they didn't want him to get 3,000 hit against him and I think that is just a bitch move they got nobody did that to DJ you know, right. back in the day when Derek exactly. Jeter was going for his 3,000th hit. It's ridiculous. You know, no one did that to DJ. Who knows? Maybe, maybe there was, hey, you know, maybe. No one's going to remember like, you know, I the Yankees. To, but maybe he wants to do it at home, and he's like, no, 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 walk me. Either that or he just. He would have just waited for them to pitch. Yeah. There's no, there's no reason they would There's no reason they would put him on base for no reason. And the, the dugout called it. It's just, I don't know. I like to think, I hope that it's because they want to do it at home. For sure. But it's the Yankees, so some but petty it's, ass bullshit. Yeah, they're exactly like the most historical franchise is just full of a bunch of soy boys. I'm sick of it. Hmm. Well, Vince, I mean, at the end of the day, we definitely dislike the Yankees. Yep. I do feel as if that I I just I just don't get the love of this franchise, even though how historic they are, you know? Yeah. It well, is, I already it, feel it bad is. for Yankees fans because the the Lakers didn't make the playoffs this year, so <laughs> that's a good that's a good dig. Maybe, that's a good maybe, dig. Maybe the Cowboys will be good this year. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna say something that's totally obvious, and Let's if he go. listens, maybe he learned. But to Chris Bryant, why are they putting you at DH and at left field? I he's like a he's like a left fielder now, man. 
But also, he's on the Rockies, so who fucking cares? What would you think? Like, you clearly just said, fuck it, I want the most money, and I don't care who I play for. I don't blame him either. Because the Cubs Cubs pushed their shit in over the weekend. Yeah. It's it's like a joke. It's like, why'd you even bother? I'm sorry, I'd much rather take less money and go win somewhere. Like, I just want to know why the fucking Rockies got rid of Trevor Story to sign Chris Bryant. What kind of move is that? <laughs> Just keep the guy that's, that's already a move on your of team. franchise who probably smokes all the legal weed in the state. That's not even an that's not even like an example anymore because half of the states have it. You know, like yeah, we're, true. We're, we're we're burning up here in Illinois. No, we're burning up here. Shit in burns Illinois. in Illinois, bro. <laughs> no way, man. No way, not in this great state. Anyway, hey, it know, is. It's legal, you know. It is, and before you know it, it'll be federally legal and all that good stuff. I'm just yep. saying, they're just. They are just not built to win this year. And, Sad. you know, yeah. who knows? Maybe they decide to trade this massive contract at the trade deadline Maybe. to the White Sox for, like, you know, a bag of baseballs or something. That'd be cool. Um, but to lead into that, it know. is Kamiski Corner. Kamiski uh, Corner. Over there on the south side. How you doing? Hey there. It's Kamiski Corner. Kamiski Corner. How you doing? We're going to go to Turtles moving, after huh? this. Hey, Keep Turtles, it moving. Gordon We're off of 35th. <laughs> um we are just not looking hot right now. And no. we always do this in that first season. Uh, that first session in Cleveland is always yep. a rough one. And, you know, Victor Velasquez, I thought, was better than what he was. Yeah, fucking Vince Velasquez. Vi- yeah, my he bad. He shares my goddamn name. I'm so sick of it. Change or, your well, name, then you his asshole. name is Victor forever then. Yeah, he's, um, he's, Vic, he's Vic for us. He's Vic for us. Vic Velasquez, fucking clown. Uh, I mean, hey, I was a defender. You, you know, were. the first and I series. I told you he sucked balls. And Vince was like, dude, you don't get it. He sucks. I'm like, dude, he's actually looking pretty good. He did and the then, same thing he did the first game, the second game. The only difference is they were making contact with it. Yeah. Because he was throwing Vince, meatballs the first game. Vince texted me when I was on the road. He's like, still like Vince? Still like Vince Velasquez, Mike? And I'm like, <laughs> why? What happened? He's like, don't even, he's yeah. like, don't even look. Check don't the score, look. asshole. <laughs> he's pretty not bad. a good pitcher. Um, the stats, I mean, sometimes stats can be misleading. I'm a big stats guy, but sometimes stats can be misleading. Sometimes guys miss the ball. Maybe it's too cold. Maybe it stings, whatever it may be. It is what it is, but sometimes stats can be misleading. Um, This just came on the wire as we were recording. Tim Anderson's been suspended for one game for flipping off the crowd in Cleveland <laughs> on Wednesday. <laughs> he is appealing the suspension, but it is he oh. did get suspended for that, which is sick, and I fucking... Love Tim Anderson. Also a plug for the White Sox. There's a Tim Anderson docuseries on YouTube, and it's awesome. And I've been watching every episode. I think I'm going to have to watch it, Vince. Why don't you send me this stuff? I will. Some of the biggest I'm... Sox fans on the planet, you'd think you'd send me this stuff. I know. I'm actually bad at sending stuff. I'm not going to lie. I will it's say right. that on air. Sometimes, hey, so, sometimes you got to be bad at it. You know, we're, we were off to a pretty nice start here. I think A.J. Pollock, um, he's you know, com- coming back now. He's actually hopefully. up to bat right now. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully he's the the smidge of a spark plug we need mm-hmm. with him being out. Especially be with back Luis in. being out too. Yeah, what happened to Luis now? Uh, I think it was a strained groin or something. He's only going to be out for a little <sighs> bit of time, but yeah, he did uh, hurt himself a bit. Yeah, that's how it I goes, mean, man. It just sucks. Uh, it's just you got to stay healthy through it all, and you know, I hope when we get our pitching back, we'll be coursed to make a run. I think it's going to be a rough yeah. half here for the first month or sure. two and then once we get lynn back and once we get giolito back i hope giolito's really pitching starts... in two days okay perfect so yep. the process starts there i think once you get giolito back 
and you start to get your roster meshing, right? Mm-hmm. And then what? Joe Kelly will probably start playing towards the All Star break if yeah, we're lucky, something like that. So you look at it, we're a poised team to make a run here towards that middle ground of the first half, and then I believe we need to get extremely hot to at make right that time. push yeah. towards the end of August. Um, it's going to be a long one. It's going to be a rough one. we got to stick through the through the punches, though. Can I um, – I'm just going to say it. Larry Garcia is the fucking worst. I'm so How he sick. still has a roster spot, I have no idea. I'm so sick of him, dude. Okay, so yesterday or two days ago, whatever it may be, Larry Garcia. First off, Larry Garcia starts every game because somehow people keep getting fucking injured and they just slot him in. It's so annoying. He was batting second overall today, bat third overall the last two days. Doesn't make any goddamn Oof. sense. Why is he batting in the three hole? He's got a .69 or .069 average right now. Crazy. Oh, boy. Um, but the thing I wanted to say, so – Fly ball, or not fly ball, like line drive to center. It was close. It may be catchable. Uh, Larry Garcia takes off. Luis Roberts sitting at second base waiting to tag up like you're supposed to do. Larry Garcia blows up. He like runs right behind him, right behind Luis Robert, forcing him to go to third. Larry Garcia follows him to third. And then Larry Garcia is basically standing on third next to Luis Roberts, so forces him to go home where he gets tagged out. Worst base running I've seen in a very long time. And people were like, why did you send Luis there? Larry Garcia didn't tag up and just sat behind him on his ass the whole time and ruined the play. I want to say that was the third out of the inning. This guy is a net negative. His defense has been horrible this year, and he can't hit. I don't know why. He's the longest tenured player on the White Sox, and I hate him. I'm so sick of this guy. Oh, I think we all are. I mean, that was... A bonehead boneheaded exactly. in, in regards to base running. Very much so a situation that would happen in MLB The Show, which in yeah. fact is a video game. And right. a lot of the times you get a little too bumper happy and guys start running all over the place. And also you just but who knows? Sometimes that game is fucked sometimes. <laughs> oh, that game is such ass. It, it, at yeah, times it, it can just make you want to throw your controller out the window. But with all of that being said, Lori Garcia, we need to move off that. You know, Nick Madrigal was your, in theory, replacement for that. But somehow Craig Kimbrell was more valuable than your young second baseman who's hitting 300 yeah. and has an on-base percentage of almost four. Yeah. Oh, boy. You just, you just, know, uh, you just know he's going to be in center field until Luis gets back now, which is the worst part about it all. Which is the worst part of it all, and chances are we're going to lose some games because because of it, especially yep. with the Twins being hot right now. Correa with him and these guys. The fucking, he's, sitting, he's hitting in the two-hole. He shouldn't even be starting. Hey, thank your thank our guy, Mister Larusa. You I'm know, fucking he's sick of Tony Larusa. He's stuck in two thousand and one, and he's stuck in nineteen forty one. You know, this is just if the White Sox do not win in this window, it will arguably be the worst rebuild of all time. That's on Jerry. The only person that's on is Jerry Reinsdorf. Yeah, and you have to, that. you know, kind of think is how much of it's Rick Hahn, how much of it's Kenny, think, how much. I think most of it's Jerry. I'm not going to Yeah, lie. to work for that guy There's a lot of stuff that Rick Hahn, Rick Hahn says he looks, he looks for stuff, and then all of a sudden some crazy move happens, and then you find a connection to Jerry Reinsdorf, and you're like, duh. Like, the whole LaRusso thing was exactly the case, where it's like he got hired just because it was, it was Reinsdorf's guy, and he's just not fit to be a manager in the MLB right now. No, I hope I hope the conversation is different in two months. I really hope this conversation is different in two months. But right now, at least we're still good. They're still good, you know, but it's just there's stuff. 
in a in 162 game season, there's going to be ups and downs. But our job here is to be critical of a situation when it deserves to be critical. And at this time right now, it deserves to be critical, and I'm going to be. They're going to be a good team. They're probably going to win the division. But, you know, we're not going for division titles, man. <laughs> like That's not what we're looking for right now. No. I, I mean, listen, we, we need to win stone. the World Series. And yeah. is Mankata back yet? Not yet, but he's hitting. So they're saying probably in the next couple weeks. Okay. Once again, like I said, I think we need to hit our stride here end of May, early June, and let's start to really piece it in here towards yep. July and get and hot. Heat it up again in September. Heat it yeah. up again right after. Let's go. Yep. Let's go. That's yes, going to be sir. the ticket to success. On to the Twins. Hopefully we can get a W tonight. Fingers crossed. Go Bulls. This, go Bulls, Vince, as yes. always. This is a riot. Do you want to plug your boys' podcast one more time? Yes, listen to me. It's Da Beer Bros. D A Beer B O B R O S. I was on it. We did sour beer this week. It's very fun, really interesting. I'm not a huge beer guy, but I was able to kind of learn some stuff. Sours are my shit. So go ahead and check it out. Apple, Spotify, all over the place. Any place you can get podcasts, check it out. It was really fun. Da Beer Bros. And of course, if you have not yet, please follow, like, yeah. share, and yeah. rate. Most important of rate all, it. rate. Five stars. The pod, five stars on Spotify. We appreciate you guys. Sorry for the wait, but we are back and we are going to drop this the night right of. Now. So, I I'm mean, how often does that right happen? How often times. does that happen? Never. As always, we'll see you next week, peeps. Peace. Peace.